Dear friend, let's discover more of who we are together. Love, Haley and Amanda. You are listening to the Dear Friend Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, with your host, Haley and Amanda. Amanda's the redhead. Haley is the blonde. Blondish. Blondish, redish. We're a bunch of ishes. <laughs> so, this episode is with our dear friend Bonnie. We're having a part two and probably a part 20. Bonnie Davis, if you haven't listened to part one of our interview with Bonnie Davis, I stop this episode, go back. It's about breath work and meaningful breath. And then this, we decided to have her back on because she's just, well, she's so peaceful and calming and that we just mostly want to be around her and soak up her energy but also everything that she says is so helpful and you can implement it into your daily life to make your life better and others so what we ended up talking to her about was kind of our vibrations everything vibrates in the world and she kind of talks about this scale of going being in low vibration to high vibration and it's Very intriguing. We hope you enjoy it. Before we jump into it, I wanted to um, do the Young Pueblo quote from his book, Clarity and Connection, which is the whole why and purpose behind our podcast. It says, an honest and deep conversation with a good friend is sometimes the exact nourishment you need to regain clarity. Get back up, face the world, and resume your mission with a new and focused energy. And I totally agree and always feel this way, especially after talking to Bonnie Davis. Softening is such a nice thing. So let's start by softening. Please. I'm working on a guided relaxation, so it kind of goes like this. This is the first time I've done it with anybody. If you guys would like to close your eyes, I'm going to keep mine open so I can read. Okay. Okay. I invite you to close your eyes, and whoever is listening to this, close your eyes out as well. And we want to start by softening the crown of the head. Direct your attention to the top of your head and soften the crown of the head. Moving down, we want to soften the forehead. Any wrinkles or crevices or any tension in your forehead, let it melt away. We want to soften the forehead. Soften the inner and outer corners of your eyes. We carry so much around our eyes, so I invite you to soften the inner and outer corners of your eyes. Soften your ears so that everything you hear will be soft and gentle. Soften your tongue, because often we don't know that we're carrying a lot of tension in our tongue. So relax your tongue, just let it soften. While you're doing so, relax your jaw. Soften your throat, the back of your neck. Drop your shoulders and soften your belly. So you should be feeling very soft right now from the crown of your head to your forehead, to the inner and outer corners of your eyes, to your ears. Your tongue should be soft. Your jaw should be soft. Your throat, your shoulders should be soft. Your belly should be soft, and our heart should be soft. And when you feel soft enough, I invite you to open your eyes. I feel soft. All right, soft is good. As soon as you had said the crown of your head, I felt like a goosebumps around my crown of my head. Did you? No. But I could tell because we don't think about all these little parts of our body that you can tell when you put your like consciousness there that there you are holding stuff there and it deserves attention. Yes, absolutely. Some of these things came from Gretchen House, my yoga teacher. Um, 
because I noticed in Shavasana when she would say, relax the inside corners of your eyes. Like, who pays attention to the corners of your eyes? Nobody. And then I started really paying attention to the corners of my eyes and the outer corners of my eyes. And everything deserves attention because, as we talked about last time, this is a sacred vessel. Yeah. And we should treat it as such. So... We, are, we have a little ritual going. This is so beautiful. Candles, and I have my favorite crystal, and it's so nice. And Haley got his coffee from Starbucks. Oh, my gosh. So these are the Angels of Atlantis cards. I'm going to turn it over to you guys. I've shuffled them. Okay. Um, you all, one of you should shuffle them as well. And then the other one can cut them into threes. And then I'll pick it, or yeah, we'll just figure it. it out. Is this tarot reading going to be towards what purpose? I, it's, it's an oracle card reading, and I would like... I brought the uh, Angels of Atlantis deck because I am learning about angels, and they, they always are near, but they want to be invited in because we have free will and they just can't come imposing in on us. Although the more I work with them, the more like they're always around and they want to help. And mm -hmm. so, you know, everybody can't come at the same time. So I thought we would pick one card and this is the angel that wants to overlight this uh, podcast today. Ooh, I'm and we'll see who that is. Yeah, I have no idea. And let's just, Raphael cleansing. Raphael is the angel, the holy healer. So Raphael is with us today. And Raphael came with me to the Arboretum the other day. <laughs> and Raphael, I'm a healer. Uh -huh. I, that's my purpose in life is to help heal people and so Raphael is with me a lot yeah clearly. and Raphael's energy is emerald green so I attract a lot of emerald green to me so okay we yeah. have uh, angel overlighting this today so this is great I love it welcome Raphael <laughs> yes thank We're you happy for to being with you. us today well so to start out first of all your last episode, so many people reached out to us and told us how calming and peaceful they felt while listening, and but also how helpful the episode was, the information. And also, a lot of people commented on your voice. Mm -hmm. And I think you got something with that voice, Bonnie. Well, I have goosebumps all over me because... Remember how we talked last time about there was a time when I couldn't look in a mirror? Yeah. There was a time when I couldn't listen to my voice on uh, audio recording. I am from Wisconsin, after all. So we say, use guys and y'all. Well, now I say y'all. Well, where did that come from? I've been trying not to get that Texas accent for such a long time. So I appreciate that. Other people have told me that. I'm embracing it. I've been working a lot with my own throat with my throat chakra the yeah. fifth chakra oh my gosh I didn't know well I was just gonna go with whatever came because I asked the divine to just speak through me um so so many people have a hard time expressing themselves mm -hmm. we never got to the part where how emotions arise from our enteric brain, which is in our belly, mm -hmm. up through the organs. And then when it gets to a level of discomfort, when we're going to feel what we don't want to feel, that's when we start clamping down. Okay, so the first thing that clamps down is the diaphragm, because right here, so all the feelings, sensations start down here and mm -hmm. arise. So they go through the organs, and as they go through our organs, they turn into emotions. That's where they pick up meaning. And so at the diaphragm, that's our very first gate. 
like, oh no, we're going to clamp down right here. So our diaphragms get really, really, really tight so we can keep the emotions down here because we don't want to feel them. If they should make it past the diaphragm into the heart, oh my gosh, so much more is added because now we're talking about heart energy. Mm. And a lot of wounding comes from the heart area rejection and pain and grief and loss and there's a lot around the heart Mm -hmm. so when we don't oh oh, that's too much that's too much but it got past the diaphragm so now it's here so then we clamp down at the thoracic outlet or some people say inlet but it's the thoracic muscles right here you can feel around your clavicle Mm -hmm. in here if you push down in Mm -hmm. it could be soft could be hard Mm -hmm. I'm a little tight Those are right tight now. On me always I, go I work in here a lot when I'm working on the neck. A lot of people are tied in the thoracic inlet. So if it so then now if it gets past there, which is a miracle, then our throat clamps up like oh no and and your and then your jaw as well. Oh yeah, well this yeah, then this all starts going crazy and then once your throat tightens up, then this energy goes to the back of your head because there's no expression out here. Well, it's, I can't let it out here. Mm. So then that energy and muscular tension goes up the back of your neck into your occiput. And then those muscles clamp down. And that's where headaches come from. And so we have these points of clamping down to keep our emotions under control because we're a society that has undervalued emotions. That has been hard for anybody that identifies as highly sensitive or or empathic Mm -hmm. because our society has not valued those traits. We all are rational, intellectual. Reason is the reason, you know? Mm -hmm. But... um, that's not necessarily true. But so once all these emotions get up here, that's the dorsal vagal system. But we have another branch of the vagus nerve, with, which is the ventral vagal nerve. And that's all about social connection. And those that is in the face. And that's where we get connection and we find like-minded people and that's how we communicate through our eyes and Mm. verbally and so we have to work more on ventral vagal and keep the dorsal vagal in its place pretty much and to do that we have to learn how to express our emotions and women especially Uh, This is not original from me, but it came from a music theory book about women especially have thoughts that converge from the mind, but the mind is all of us, but we feel that thoughts come down from the mind and emotions are arising from the heart and when they converge, they converge here. So we're a mess of emotions and thoughts that don't really have the tools or we haven't been given the tools to express all these thoughts and emotions and then we clamp up and then they're stuck here mm-hmm. can I can I say something about this that because I think this is extraordinarily interesting mm-hmm. and it, like I said in our last conversation the stuff I'm doing with that holistic doctor is all about the vasovagal nerve that is what we're working on and do you care if I tell a little bit about something we share oh no I I, I don't want to okay I didn't want to share like that it's yours too but we this is so strange about us that I feel like there are things in life that we go through separately and then we share and we can't believe it's happening to us at the same time because you would think it's because we're sharing with each other that we kind of end up taking on the other person's thing, but it, it's happened so many times like this where we're individually going through something, then share with each other because it's kind of consecutive. So um, several years ago, we, we, we both started reacting to um, stressful situations 
by um, like passing out or um, like kind of that feeling. How would you say like feeling of like losing control of your body almost Mm -hmm. and going almost into like a seizure mode? And like um, the almost like fight or flight, but like my body just says, nope, this is too much. And it takes me out. (laughs) And so we started seeing like doctors about this because it would be like from watching a very intense scene in a movie which sounds ultra silly I know because it's like you can't you can't get your shit together enough to watch a scene in a movie without passing out um and it was it's not just around like gore yeah we used to be able to do those things but it was like this very pivotal moment for us where our bodies were just like no and it turns out that the doctors that we talked to separately said it was the visa vagal or is it vis- ventral yes no, they, but they, they, they all the this the syndrome i guess vasovagal oh. which means when you see trauma or for most people it's blood but for us it's blood could be but it's more like sh- high stress and intense like torture or trauma that we're seeing then our bodies do the the flight and that's what they call vasovagal and so anyway I'm only saying that because the what the doctors told us is live a peachy life don't watch stressful stuff don't put yourself in these stressful positions where you your body has to make these rash decisions to flight you know to leave the situation and we've talked so much about how society we just consume a lot of information and entertainment and imagery and we kind of accept it as cultural and also like I said entertainment but those things affect us and for us it happened to be very like physiological but carrying like taking in stuff um really your body has to do something with that information and that imagery and for us it's kind of been like a um a positive thing where we really watch what we consume because we want to make sure that we are we are staying soft it's just kind of what we're talking about and it's funny that it has to do like you're talking about the vagal nerves and everything like that and it's like the same situation that it's all connected Yes, it sounds like both of you were very much into dorsal vagal freeze mm. because there's fight, flight, and there's also freeze, and freeze can be passing out. Like, mm. that's the ultimate freeze. But let me ask you something else, and then I'll add something to that because this happened to me personally. Do you ever think that maybe it's your soul? telling you that that's not what you need. I had a very interesting experience a long time ago walking my dog around the park, and I was having a mental conversation with God Mm -hmm. and asked God to reveal him, herself to me because I wanted to know why I was here and and to reveal uh, God, to reveal him, I'm going to say himself, but herself, it's just too much for, to, you know, it's just the words are just not there to describe God. So why, why try? And um, immediately in my heart, mind, all through here, heart, mind, uh, the whole thing, the answer was this. You will know these things through reading materials. I'm like, oh. what? Okay, then. <laughs> all right. Reading materials. Okay. <laughs> Get my read on. Yeah. Well, the next day I went to the office. I worked at the Dallas Convention Center, and I was thinking about her today, although I couldn't remember her last name. I went to work the very next day, and on my desk was a stack of books by um, Florence Scoville Shin. They were left by my friend Lynn Ward, who worked in the catering department, and we were friends at work. We didn't hang out, but we would talk about spiritual things, like while they were setting up for a banquet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like what I consider spiritual primers. 
one of them is your word is your wand, the other one, the game of life and how to play it. And then there were a couple other ones. I've bought them repeatedly over the years. I've given them away and then bought them and given them away, which happens with a lot of my books. Um, so where, why was I saying that? Well, because you said that it would be through reading material and you showed up yes, to work. Yes, and it has been. And I guess that's why I'm here today because... Uh, stuff is still coming to me. Information about the vagus nerve and uh, just all the things we're talking about today and about the soul. Uh, when, when God told me that I was going to learn these things through reading materials, all reading materials I had were Stephen King books, scary books, romance novels, historical novels, I went home after I found those books on my desk. I went home and packed up all my Stephen King scary stuff and all the romance stuff and all that stuff. And I just devoted my book readings to spiritual matters. And I do not watch, like, why would I do that? Why would I, I was flipping through channels one night and there was a movie called Saw. And it was like, I saw five seconds of it, and it was horrific. And my soul was like, this is not your purpose here. Do not bring bring these things into your... They exist, yes. There's darkness out there. And we just had this conversation, which is going to take us to vibration. Because the reason I wanted to talk about vibration, so we'll just give a little blurb to everything is vibrating. There is no, like, matter is not solid. This is not a solid table. We're physical, but we're made up of atoms that are constantly moving. We are vibrating, Mm -hmm. and we're more than our physical body. We're our energy bodies probably more so than our physical bodies and we're at a crucial time in evolutionary biology history where we are transforming from our purely physical bodies to our I don't want to have to explain fifth dimension we are evolving as human beings into our spiritual natures Mm. we are spiritual we're souls in a physical body and we're that's a tough place to be Mm -hmm. uh, right now especially because we are still operating in 3d and we're moving to 5D, and it's all consciousness. We're not going anywhere. We're not leaving the earth plane. I'm not getting a new job. We will be highly evolved spiritual masters, which we already are, but we forgot. And we came to earth school to learn and to remember, and we are, which is why we're having this conversation because we have an outlet to bring joy and happiness and calm and peace mm-hmm. and stability to people who are stressed to the max. I know last time we were going to talk more about my breath work, biodynamic breath work and trauma release. And quite frankly, everybody's traumatized at this point from COVID in one way or another. It's been a long two years. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we were doing before all this happened. I guess we were going through life, la, 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 la. I was doing my thing, working four or five jobs and trying to be in the world and be productive and helpful and live in my life and following the Christ light. That's just what I do. And then, bam, we had to stay in our houses, and I had to go in deep, and, like, what's happening? And it was the best to me at this point right now. I hope I don't get really emotional, but it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I had to slow down 
and not look at my white rocking chair on the porch as a prop in a movie and actually sit in it and rock in it and hear the birds singing in the trees because there was no loud traffic and to hear my wind chimes and to let the sun shine on my face and to be able to take a deep breath. Those were such precious gifts. And I met people in my phone that I would have never known existed if this hadn't happened. And uh, it's been such a gift, but now we have to decide where we're going with this because as I wrote to a friend of mine in an email and she said, like, it's the same for her, I feel like 40% of my time I'm observing what's happening in the world around me and very, very concerned about authoritarianism and totalitarianism creeping in to every country. No country seems to be exempt from this right now, so I am very concerned about that. But I can't keep my attention focused there. I, I have to, to a certain extent, because I've done a lot of ancestral clearing and a lot of ancestral healing because my ancestors were Jews. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think anybody's alive that doesn't know what happened during the Holocaust, but I also don't want to go down that road talking about the Holocaust because I have talked about the Holocaust before. And I've talked about what happened with the indigenous people of this land before, and I always end up in tears. Mm -hmm. But those things happened but we can't stay there. We can't stay there and create what we are being called to create at the same time. Mm. So if I'm there 40% of the time, and I'm over here 60% of the time, and that 60% of the time, I'm working on raising my vibration to not be in the vibration of all of that, not be in the vibration of COVID, not be in the vibration of totalitarianism, to be in the vibration of love. And that brings us to the Hawkins scale that I printed off. Bonnie brought another printout. Love handouts. it. Life is not worth living if there's no handouts. <laughs> I love handouts. Um, because everybody likes visuals. I mean, like rainbow, you know? I love it. And I have a lot of allergy issues, so the, pardon me. The teacher in me is just, it's <laughs> yeah. hitting my sweet spot. That's why I love you guys, because you're <laughs> teachers, too, and other things. And I have, well, I did help out in a kindergarten class one time when I was working on my master's degree but that's as close as I got to teaching so this is my frustrated <laughs> I was never a teacher moment um, this is called the Hawkins scale I printed it off the internet yesterday because I'm very familiar with Dr. David Hawkins and uh, he, he came up with this scale uh, this map of consciousness oh this is the wrong book well I don't know where the book is that I bought brought of his that's it. Thank you. This particular book is called Healing and Recovery by Dr. David Hawkins. But let me tell you some of his other books. I just find them brilliant. Um, but if you're going to read one, read Power Versus Force. Because, wow, that's a good one. Some of the other ones are kind of esoteric that I had to read maybe four or five times. Like right. you read one paragraph and like, what did that mean? Um, reality and Subjectivity, mm, Transcending the Levels of Consciousness, The Stairway to Enlightenment, Power versus Force, The Hidden Determinants of Human Behavior. There's a whole laundry list of books he's written. He had a, a moment of enlightenment, kind of like Eckhart Tolle. So like, boom, you're enlightened and you know all these things now and then you can go write lots of books and make lots of money and then go... Go move where there's no people. Uh, so, I'd like to sign up for that. Yeah, me too. That's my goal. Make lots of money so I can move to the wilderness. So as you'll notice on this scale, the bottom of the scale, like he's got it separated into fear and love. And fear, okay, fear 
and love. I'm looking at things backwards and trying to talk into the mic. But the lower level, it, so we go from fear going up, 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 up the scale to love. And we go through many different vibrations of emotions. Every emotion carries a vibration. Under fear, does somebody want to read what's under fear? Like, yeah. Okay. So under fear is grief, apathy, guilt, and shame. And that even can go up to, yeah, fear, grief, apathy, guilt, shame. But as you go higher, they, it moves into desire. Well, how could desire be bad? Well, that's how we got to be consumers, you know, desiring, yeah. wanting, craving, you know, never filling the void that has nothing to do with material things. Well, and it's interesting to me that desire is the one right above fear, because I think that is kind of true. Like as soon as you feel that fear, it's because you know you want something and you're already like afraid you're going to lose it or you're afraid what will happen to you if you go for it. So that, that resonates with me. But something also on the, the scale is, so on the left side where it is going through those different words below fear, that the rainbow thing, it says those things that I just read, fear, grief, apathy, guilt, shame, are really suffering. Yes. That that's when people, when you're living in those feelings and emotions, you're in a suffering mode. And, and then it feels like fear, desire, anger, um, pride even might be that getting by. Yeah, anxiety should be on here as well. And self-condemnation. I can like I'm sure they fit into one of those categories. Yeah, like maybe the shame. Yes. Yeah. So basically as we work through these levels of fear, we're raising our vibration. We want to raise our vibration. Um I don't know that we will all get to enlightenment. I I'm kind of shooting for joy and love right now. Mhm. Um, kind of hovering around acceptance, <laughs> maybe a little bit. I don't think we just go boom, 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 boom. I think we kind of go back and forth, and we're all heading to the same place, which is enlightenment. So the reason this is important is because there's so much fear right now. Mm -hmm. And it's important that we ascertain, is this our fear or is this collective fear? Yeah, because we're feeling all of it. And the only thing we can really address is our own fears mm. and determine if they're valid and if they're valid, do something about them. And if they're not valid, to raise that vibration to a higher vibration of joy and peace and love. You know, um, something that's kind of interesting is that during the pandemic and the shutdown part where we were really all locked down for those first like really month or two, I, cause I, I have dealt with anxiety in the past was kind of concerned that, um, this would be really difficult for my anxiety just because of, you know, none of us have ever gone through anything like this. And it was a little bit scary, obviously. And we were living in fear of like, can you get this from walking down the street? And, you know, I'm going on daily walks and avoiding people on the sidewalk because we had no clue about the virus at all at that point. Yeah, none. And so one of the things that I noticed was during that time, if I was on my phone and I was on social media or reading the news or watching the news, my anxiety would start to kind of come into play, right? And Michael, my husband would be like, okay, get off your phone. Let's go. Let's go outside. And so I, I got to a point where I just stopped altogether looking at anything on my phone and I never got into those deep anxious feelings. And I was actually quite resilient handling my own emotions around it, even though no, I wasn't like excited or happy about the situation, but it was much easier to manage because I felt like I wasn't when, cause you're talking about that collective, um, emotion. I feel like 
some of that is good and some of it is bad because you feed into it and then it feels so much bigger than you and it feels so scary. But really, you can manage your own emotions around it. Do you agree? Totally. Yeah. I think I I kind of was trying to anticipate the questions you guys would ask me, which is kind of hard because, you know, I don't want to plan everything. But I felt like if you ask me what's the like, what could people do to not get in that lower vibration and to keep themselves in a higher vibration, I'd say that'd be the first thing is turn off the television. Yeah. And social media. It's just the minute I turn on my computer in the office, that, that news screen that comes up, it's just horrible. Yeah. Like there's not one good news story. Mm-hmm. And and we already have the negativity bias because we're biological creatures. So just biologically, we are surveying the situation 24-7 to make sure we're safe right. because we're protecting ourselves. Yeah, we're mammals. We're animals. Um, so we have negativity bias built into us. So we got to get past that. Like there's no dinosaurs coming to kill us. The, the, the things that frighten us now are invisible mostly. And now we don't even know what's real and what's not real. It could be a virus or not a virus or an economic collapse or it could be anything. So the best thing we can do is eliminate as much as possible. You have to know what's going on. That's important to me, but I have really, really come to see how devastatingly bad uh, television is, like the book that I I recommended to you, Remotely Controlled, and the book uh, Four Arguments for the Elimination of Television. These are old books. This isn't new information. And it's mind control Television is hypnotizing. It makes us lethargic. That could be a whole nother thing because there's a reason for these things. We, it tells us we, to want this and want that and to lay on your couch and to don't become involved in life. It wants us to be un- non-thinkers. Well, I find all of this, not to interrupt you, but the... Us just talking about our vasovagal and passing out with things like it was mostly stuff on the television. And so you're saying that, you know, it it overtakes our brains. It's kind of hypnotizing. And then our bodies think and our minds and souls think something really threatening is happening. And it's just it's interesting to me that you're talking about keeping our vibration high by eliminating those things and earlier you were saying it could have been your soul kind of telling you a Mm -hmm. like you you don't have space for this you know and then I also find that if our soul was telling us that then it could have been trying to make space inside of us or expand us to hold things that actually are hard that actually are happening to us in real life you know and I think what happens maybe is we're so stressed and holding and our vibration gets so low that from things that we take in either from the collective trauma you were talking about or from entertainment or whatever that then when something actually hard happens to us our vibration's so low that, and we're so contracted. I mean, the bottom half of the scale is contracted. And I would say the goal for us is to become a really expansive creatures. Yeah, so we can hold good, bad, love, joy, all of it. Yes. And I, I love what you just said because it, the thing that I was thinking too plays into this beautifully is I was just listening to a podcast um called a bit of optimism with Simon Sinek and um I the the guest on it I I can't remember his name but what he was saying is that um hope is 
and like an axe, it's an action, right? Hope is not a wish. It's a, like, it's an axe coming in hard. And he says that, um, which I loved the imagery of that, but he says that if you, if you can't find hope for the future, if you can't see it and you can't feel it, then you will never play a part in creating that, or not creating, but putting that hope into action, right? So if you can't find a a space in yourself to even have that hope, you'll never play a part in the acts coming down of hope. So to me, like what we're talking about is if we, if we are allowing things to keep our vibration low with fear, grief, apathy, guilt, shame, and we are staying in that lower register of vibration, then we never will have space to see the hope that could be, you know what I'm saying? Like to, to stay that softened state that we're talking about, to be able to play the part of a better future. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I read something horrible the other day that said, hope is not a viable option anymore. I thought, that is horrible information to be giving out. That's all we have. Are you kidding me? Yes. People need inspiration. People need hope. Like, we can go down this morass, like, spiral downwards till, you know. It kills us. Yes. And we're stressed out on Prozac. And um, this is a beautiful world. Yes. Even... During the beginning of the pandemic, I will never forget this because I've pulled this up several times. Cassie McGregor will never know how much this meant to me when I was lamenting about, oh my God, what is happening? And we were all like trying to figure it out and not knowing what to do. And she said, well, Bonnie, the grass is still green. The sky is still blue. And I just took that and ran with it. And I've been using that ever since. And when I start feeling a little anxious or overwhelmed, I go lay out on my stoop and do restorative yoga, legs up the column on my front porch. And I look at the sky and I say to myself, the sky is still blue. The grass is still green. I am safe. It is a beautiful, sacred world no matter what's coming through the television, what newspapers may be telling us. And that's how we keep our vibration high. Start close in, just like the poet David David White White. says. And that comes to me a lot, too. Mm. When I start getting too out there, because we have to care. We have to care about Australia. We have to care about each other. We have to care. We're one human family. But we can't care to the point where we start becoming stressed and anxious. And other people who do not have the spiritual um, inclination that we've been blessed with for whatever reason, and now we're all here together, but I've been on a spiritual path for most of my life, actually, when I think about it, at 17, I started reading Edgar Casey. And I'm not even going to say how many years ago that was, but it was a long time ago. So I've been on a spiritual path a long time, and I know you are both very spiritual women. But there are people that are just waking up to the fact that they are souls, you know, that this is not all there is to them, and they're magnificent. And so when you first wake up to that, you can't accept it because you've been told that you're just like everybody else, and, there, you know, and we've been so not, so not appreciated for who and what we really are. And I have to say that I, I think at one time I was a happy child, and then <laughs> shit happened, and then... <laughs> And then I was 24, and then and then I did, you know, and that's when I really started on the path of following the light of Christ, because I just reached out for help to the void, like I need help, and Jesus 
I know this sounds very uh, trite. Jesus came in my heart and said, follow me. And I was at such a depleted point. I was like, okay. And I never stopped. And I've been so blessed on a daily basis. And so that's like, I didn't even know about angels. I knew about guardian angels, but I've been so focused on what Jesus said. Christ said, follow me. And I was like, okay, because I'm not really doing a very good job if I'm doing it my way. So I'm going to go your way. And then um, during the pandemic, I was introduced to angels And, um, yeah, so I feel like I'm on the right path. And the person that introduced me to angels was a friend of mine, Tim Wild, W-H-I-L-D. He's got quite the following in the U.K., and one day he just appeared in my telephone. I was having an anxiety attack laying on the floor of my healing room and trying to breathe through it and was right before the election and oh, it was all the Donald Trump stuff and the pandemic and like, oh my gosh, this is weird. And uh, he, I just made some notes here because I didn't want to forget anything. So Tim Wilde is the most high vibration person I have ever encountered. I consider him my friend and probably so do 15,000 gazillion other people. He does a Monday morning podcast, or I don't know if they're, I don't know what's considered a podcast, but he uh, does this on Facebook and on YouTube. So um, the Monday morning meditation and then a Friday morning ascension update. He's a crystal expert. He has the best crystals. If you go to his website, www.timwild.com, he's got the best crystals ever. This is one of them. And just like, he knows all about crystals. He knows about angels. He knows about God. He single-handedly lifted my vibration, taught me how to stay in a high vibration. And I'll be forever grateful to that. Because now when I feel like going down, I was like, oh, no, I know what to do. And it was all it's all about working with the chakra system. Uh, Meditate. It's just it's so important right now to keep our vibration at a high level. I can't stress that enough. And because so whenever you were just saying you were trying to think about the questions we would ask you. (laughs) And you said that one of, you know, one of the things if people are like, okay, I want to raise my vibrations. The first thing you said was, okay, like get off your phone, get off the social media, get off television, like get out of your couch kind of. And what, what are some other steps that we can be doing to raise our vibration? Spend as much time as possible in nature. Mm. That green, Green is the color of Raphael. Green is the color of healing. That's why so much is green. Trees are green. Plants are green. There's green all around us. That's not a coincidence. Nature is healing. Spend time in nature. As much time as possible. Spend as much time as possible barefoot in nature. Um, What else? Self-care is so important. Do what brings you, every day, do one thing, just like your friend Hannah, that brings you joy. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a bubble bath. That's my go-to. Yeah, mine too. It can be just every, it's different for everybody because we can't change all this. Like I shared that with you yesterday, we can't change everything Mm -hmm. in the whole world. That's too much for one person but we can focus on our inner light. How can we keep that? I read the best thing in book club, uh, the niche of the heart. And it's important that we keep kindling that fire in our heart and raising it, raising it, because that fire is love. And the more we kindle that fire in the niche of our heart and expand our heart and Till we just become love. Yeah. Because that's what we are. We don't fall in love. We don't find love. 
we are love. Yeah. That's why love is not an emotion. Love is who we are. That's what we came here to remember. Mm. And when we remember that, we will be serving each other just graciously and gracefully. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to like hear these words you're putting around this because um like I I have this feeling all the time whenever I if I start to get overwhelmed by an emotion that I would say would be lower on this Hawkins scale, it's kind of uh, in the fear and lower. Like if if I start to feel that kind of emotion, um, I, I feel like I've become in more recent years like aware that there needs to be some kind of action that takes place and something. And I was just gonna say this as something that's really helped me for anyone else who might want to try it. But there's this song called "Weightless" by Marconi Union, which is eight minutes long, and they made this song accidentally being a bilateral for the right side of your brain, um, which kind of like distracts that part of your brain that's very like analytical and it can kind of get you in that meditative state a lot quicker. And I've started doing that four seconds of inhale, hold for three, exhale for six during that song. And it's something like I'll do it in my car or I'll do it in the bath or I'll do it. And like whenever... I try to do it every day, but like, especially when I'm having a moment of fear or grief or shame or guilt or, you know, something that's coming in that feels like it's really pulling me down. Yeah. Like that's something that really helps me to realign. And it's just, it's just, that's what I'm saying that the language around this is really nice to hear because all of it, I just feel like we're living in these like internal you know, sanctuaries, you know, like these, these buildings and you're just, you're experiencing it and you kind of feel alone in your experiences. And it's like cool that there's a freaking scale about this, you know, that it's like, yeah, you feel contracted and you do these other things to expand yourself. And I think that everyone has to kind of find those things, like you're saying, that help you step out of the contracting and help you expand back to love. More. Yes. That's so well said. That's beautiful. I just think it's so, it's just, it's so cool that I feel, I feel like exactly what you're saying. There is like this awakening for a lot of people who are, I would say, have the willingness. Like people are, a lot of people are in this willingness. They're, they're kind of leaving the neutrality and kind of open and willing to, um, to look into their soul and it's special it's exciting yes because we can't be in neutrality anymore the world needs everybody that's here is here for a reason to to move things along in a better way we can we can create that better world yeah and I, I remember right before the pandemic when I was just I had just married Michael and we went to Taco Evino for dinner one night and we're sitting at the bar talking and I said you know Michael I don't feel like I have anything to say in the world and he was like what and I said I don't feel like I don't have a voice to and I don't have anything to say because everything's so gray to me like and I don't think anything's black and white and I just feel so like neutral you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the what ha- like happened to me in the pandemic was I more than ever opened up to the willingness and then I feel like all this stuff started, you know, happening for me and the relationship with you grew and I don't know, just information and our openness to even like David White and all of these other authors that really kind of came in like like you're saying through reading material. And you, I started seeing things and believing things for the first time in a long time. Like not, not like everything's black and white, but like, I felt like I had more of an opinion about how I felt and how I wanted to live my life. If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You want to say anything? No, I'm just, I'm just thinking about this expansion and that, uh, you know, I haven't had an episode like we talked about 
earlier. I haven't had an episode of like passing out or anything in years. But I also, because of this pandemic and all of this openness, I feel like I'm holding a lot more and a lot better, you know? Becoming resilient. I'm trying to become resilient. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, because I think, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about paradox and like, that everything is both and you know joy doesn't come without also holding this sense of like not fear but you know yeah urgency and you know loss you don't gain stuff without knowing what it's like to lose stuff and I think that us expanding and keeping this vibration high by doing these steps and stuff that you've told us it just allows us to move through life a lot more resilient because we can hold so much more, so much better. And then I think when what you're talking about with that vibration, whenever our vibration is like that and we get around others, hopefully it raises their vibration so that they can start expanding more too. Higher vibration always overcomes the lower vibration. So that's why it's so important. Whenever you're around somebody, you are bringing their lower vibration up just by being in their presence. You don't even have to say anything. It's your energy field. It's your vibration, which is pulling their vibration up. And when you're talking about lower and higher, are you referring to the scale? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Because I start to, when you talk about higher and lower and raising it I think I start to it's basically fear to love got you we've been living in fear for 10,000 years basically and now we're moving from a fear-based consciousness which is ego Mm. to heart-based consciousness which is love Mm. that's the evolution that is the ascension process we're moving from fear to love It's not like we're, I don't know, some people may be ascending, like you see pictures of Christ ascending or the Blessed Mother ascending up into the ethers. For us here, what we signed up for, I believe, well, at least what I signed up for, is to ascend, which is really a descending of the spirit into bodily form, so we can live out our master selves on earth and and take care of the earth and take care of each other and love and serve each other. It's not that hard. You just have to be willing. You know, that's where it starts. It's the willingness to see the world a different way. Because there's visible reality, there's the visible spectrum, the rainbow, this is the visible spectrum, this is colors we can see, but there's also the full spectrum, which is why I call my company, me, which is me, full spectrum, Mm -hmm. because full spectrum is everything outside of the visible spectrum, as well as the visible spectrum, and most of that is invisible to us it's the darkness and then you have to trust and surrender and know that there's there are holy beings supporting us in all of this we have to trust that that's true surrender to the fact that we don't know everything we don't control everything and that we are loved beyond compare And we're here to love each other. And I think, you know, uh, last episode we talked, or two episodes ago, we talked about our friend Chadwick and about that double halo that he was radiating, you know, that goodness and like his high vibration, I would call it, you know, now that we're putting these words around it and pulling other people's vibrations up. And I just, like, I feel that now that he's not here physically, I still feel that his high vibration and his like his self is um, still like lifting me up. Um, 
like I still f- like how you're saying the like the, I feel like the people that pass are still with us and supporting us and I do feel like Chad's goodness um is doing that I personally well and me too and I feel like in a way which this like not to be taken wrong but in a way when people's bodies go away from us I actually like I have him so much more on my mind and thinking about what he would have done and like that goodness you know is even more in my mind and spirit and it's almost like we take for granted people and their vibrations and their goodness when we have their bodies because it's almost like a a distraction almost to the huge goodness that comes along with our souls and spirits you know and so obviously it's devastating that he isn't here and but I'm so thankful that we got a piece of that that experience with him that that doesn't go away doesn't go away no because love is eternal and love never ends yeah and that's the highest vibration well, Bonnie, here at the end, would you like to do some kind of other guided meditation or breathing? What do you What do you think we could end on? Okay, that would that we could all kind of do together. I kind of got disorganized with my stuff, but I was going to give this little book to Haley anyway. So I think we should. Um, I'll decide on a thought we want to put out in the world. And then I'll read this little blurb from a poetry chapbook called Notes from Behind the Pink Wall that I wrote in 2005. By Bonnie Davis. By Bonnie Davis. Notes from Behind the Pink Wall because I used to live behind the pink wall. And I was having a very creative blurt of poetry writing at the time. But this is the back cover to the book. And it's a quote from Agni Yoga, which means fire yoga. So let's, what's the highest thought we could put out in the world right now? Mm. It's big. Maybe that goodness overcomes darkness. Okay. I like that too. So goodness overcomes darkness. The light overcomes the light. Light always wins. Mm -hmm. Goodness wins. God wins always. And so that's, we are going to have a moment of quiet. And it's not just the three of us because somebody's going to listen to this podcast, hopefully. And so this is the quote that's in my little book of poetry. And it goes like this. I have shared this on Facebook, oh, so many times. And this is why I like to work in groups, either on Zoom or in any number of groups that I work with, because the more, the better. So if a thought itself creates, let me start over. If a thought itself contains creative energy, then how useful it is to direct good thought into space. When mankind shall agree to send good forth thoughts simultaneously, then the infected atmosphere of the lower spheres will at once clear. So all that negativity is around us in the lower spheres because it's dense and it's kind of trapped us under a cloud of negativity. So let's hold hands. I feel like this is kind of a seance set up here with all the flowers and candles. And let's just send that good thought. Let's close our eyes. Be soft. Have a soft heart. And let's send that good thought, that goodness overcomes darkness. The light always wins. And let's visualize that going into space, gathering energy, leaving this house, this table, 
spiraling up, up, up through the ozone layer, through the lower levels of the atmosphere. congregating with all the other thoughts that are thinking that goodness overcomes darkness. And this is vibration, and the vibration of this thought is clearing, clearing, clearing the negativity of the lower spheres. And we can do this all day long, every day. Doesn't matter if it's one person or two people or ten thousand people. We have the plot we have the power of our thoughts and our vibration and love. All we have to do is think it. And it will be so. So keep your vibration high. (laughs) Well, I learned a lot. I did too, and I feel like so inspired to be positive you know because this world gets heavy well it's not even about being positive you know because like people talk about fake positivity but I think I know what you mean like where it's you're trying to be stay soft stay open yes and not be so in those lower vibration feelings right because I feel like it's contagious totally and so If you want to know more about Bonnie Davis and her work with her company, Full Spectrum, we'll have all the information um, on the podcast notes, but also in the YouTube notes. And if you're local, you should go see Bonnie Davis. And if you aren't local, you should reach out to her anyways and do something through Zoom because it's still extremely powerful and she has so much to offer. You've been listening to the Dear Friend Podcast. If you would like to get more information on our podcast, you can follow us at dearfriend.podcast on Instagram. You can also watch us on YouTube if you want to see our beautiful faces <laughs> um, and not just listen to us. But, but you can follow us at YouTube with the Dear Friend Podcast. And the Dear Friend Podcast is produced by us, Haley and Amanda, and the music that you hear at the beginning and end of our podcast is from our band, Sister. And if you want to hear more about Sister, you can visit our website at sistertheband.com. We'll see you guys next week. Live pretty until then. Live pretty.